this has been a very <sighs> full weekend. Full. Full. I'd say I'd go as far as a full year. Um, <laughs> but it's been an absolute... Oh, I have this one today. It's fine. Don't put too much attention to it. Watch. So strong! <laughs> er, er. What? It's going to distract me. You know me too well. I'm easily distracted. That's going to take too much attention. <sighs> well, now I want it. But no, take that one. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah, just, okay. I'm making it more complicated. I'm cutting this out of the, out of the video and, and podcast. <laughs> hey, we can make that into a Yeah, I was just about to say, one time um, when I started like facilitating service, um, Mike was doing, that's Mike, everybody. Say hi, Mike. Hi. Um, Mike was doing our podcasts and our YouTube stuff, and he would take clips of moments, and it was really cool. We're hoping to get back into that stuff because that's too much work for me. Um, but <laughs> he took this one particular Sunday where I was up here, and I was talking kind of like I still do, and, <clears throat> and I was like, what was the sound I, I said? It, and he made it where he put like this music to it. You know how people would take YouTube videos and then clip it, chop it up and like make it a weird song. Um, yeah, he did that. And uh, it makes me feel kind of famous now, even though not a lot of people saw that. Um, yeah, we'll find it. And we'll post it, I guess. Um, <coughs> so that's what that would have been like, but I'm going to just chop all of that off because I am starting this sermon right now. Yeah, so it's been a very full weekend. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, the leadership of this church got together this weekend, this Friday um, and Saturday, and we sat, we prayed, we talked, we shared all about what the what the Lord wants to do with the house in this year, 2024. And it was so rich, like just, I don't know, full, rich, intense. <laughs> There's a lot of words to describe what we experienced this weekend. Um, but I, we're just, we're just so much better for it. And I'm as much as we did vision cast and as much as we, we did talk about things and pray about things and this is what I'm sensing when I'm with the Lord, this is what I'm hearing and even though we're all in sync with a lot of those things, you know, at the same time you still kind of don't know what the year's going to look like. Like we always have this one idea of how it will manifest but it always ends up different but better, right? So... Um, there's a lot of anticipation and there's a lot of excitement and part of what I shared um, for what I, I do believe we will be seeing at the house um, over this next year and moving forward um, is a lot of what I want to share today because I think it's not only just for our church, 
Um, but we're going to be very intentional with this stuff. But I think it's also for the body at large, the, 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 the body of Christ in general. Um, so, I mean, I have a whole thing here, but like, where do I begin? I guess to first start, um, several weeks ago, Robert has had been sharing on the coming of the Spirit, and he encouraged everybody. It was like a freebie. It wasn't in his notes, but he said it anyway because it's like, it's good to do it. And he said that he encourages everybody to read Isaiah 50, chapter 50, through 65. And I was like, challenge accepted. I'll do that. So I started reading and it was really good. And then I got up to chapter 57. And um, I shared a little bit of this here and there the last couple of weeks, but I want to dive in deeper. Um, Isaiah 57 verse 14 if we can pop that up on the screen. Then he will say, keep building, keep building, clear the way, remove everything blocking my people's path. That is what's happening this year. Not that it's never been happening. It's been very consistent because this is the Lord. This is what he does. This is how we walk salvation. This is how we walk all these different things. But I'm telling you, there's something about it this year. That the Lord's bringing us all in through it now. Keep building, keep building, clear the way. Remove everything blocking my people's path. I didn't even finish the chapter when I was reading through it. This caught my attention and I've been sitting on it. Yes, at some point I did read the rest. (laughs) Up to 65, I did. But I kept coming back. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't get away. Remove everything blocking my people's path. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel so encouraged with it. This thought that God actually wants the obstacles in the way of my life removed. The check is, what does he consider obstacles that we don't? What are obstacles? Now, I'm not going to go too deep into that today. I am going to, the next several times that I'm speaking, I'm going to be using this scripture as a basis to take it deeper and really look into that so that we can become more Christ-like, so we can step in a deeper relationship with the Lord to hear him clearly and to be him to the peoples and help them remove the obstacles out of their way. But we got to remove the obstacles out of our way with Holy Spirit 
in order to help others remove the obstacle out of their way. And some of us have a couple obstacles. Right? Yeah. I sure do. So typically, like, when you do a study of scripture, there's these cross-references. So I want to read a couple of cross-references, other verses in the Bible that have the same context as this particular verse to help give us better understanding of what's going on here, okay? Makes you feel like a seminary student. Some people call it cemetery. So I'm like, should I do it or should I not? I hear different things. And I'm like, well, to save money, let's not for now until the Lord's like, hey, let's do it. But anyway, that was, I was joking. Um, Psalm 68, verse 4. But let the righteous rejoice and be glad in God's presence. Yes, let them exalt and rejoice. There's that excitement, the, the hope we're feeling, right? It gives a little more context there. Isaiah 62, verse 10. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Clear it of stones. Lift up a signal over the peoples. Still feels pretty exciting. And now we get to do stuff. Jeremiah 18, verse 15. No, but my people have forgotten me and offer incense to nothings. Ooh, this just got serious. This causes them to stumble as they walk the ancient paths. They leave the highway to walk on side trails. I just felt the room like, oh, God, it got me excited. And now it hurts a little bit. Because I'll admit, I think every single one of us probably, because we're human. We've gotten off the highway when we've been on it. We took some side trails. Sometimes the byways ain't that great, guys. Highways and byways. The byways might look a little pretty, but it's not really going to get you where you're going every time. So now I want to look at a couple of scriptures because, um, you know, based off the KJV, the KJV version of Isaiah fifty-seven fourteen goes, cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. So I want to use the word cast and I want to use the word take. Cast as in casting up, and take as in taking up the stumbling block from the way. Okay? I want to take these two scriptures and again do a little bit of cross reference, looking at context. What's the meaning we're looking at? Okay? We're just going to go through a bunch of scriptures real quick, so we'll give you a little context, and then we're going to chat. That sound cool? Because I like scripture, so I'm going to tell you about it. Cool? All right. All right, so looking at cast, which in these contexts we're looking at building, we're going to look at Isaiah 35, 8. A highway will be there, a way, 
called the way of holiness. The unclean will not pass over it, but it will be for those whom he guides. Fools will not stray along it. Okay. Building a little understanding. Okay. Isaiah 40, verse 3. A voice cries out, clear a road through the desert for Adonai. Level a highway in the Erevah for our God. Okay, a little more clearing, removing, cool, right? Isaiah 62, 10. Again, we're going to read this one again. We read it earlier. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones. Lift up a signal over the peoples. Let's look at the word take, take up the stumbling block. We're removing everything, blocking the people's path. Romans 14, verse 13. Therefore, let's stop passing judgment on each other. Instead, make this one judgment, not to put a stumbling block or a snare in a brother's way. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 23. We go on proclaiming a Messiah executed on a stake as a criminal. To Jews, this is an obstacle. To the Greeks, it is nonsense. I meant to put more scriptures up there. So let me pull it up, my bad. There's more context there. I'm sorry. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Okay, yeah. Oh, look, you're amazing. You're amazing. Tammy, we love you. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, the same Messiah is God's power and God's wisdom. Okay. And now I got a lot more to read. Okay. And it started with like three verses. And now I'm going to read two full chapters. <laughs> okay. Because there's so much in here that gives insight into where we're going. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 8, starting with verse 1. Now about food sacrifice to idols. We know that, as you say, we all have knowledge. Yeah, that's so, but knowledge puffs, up, puffs a person up with pride, whereas love builds up. The person who thinks he knows something doesn't yet know in the way he ought to know. However, if someone loves God, God knows him. So as for eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that, as you say, an idol has no real existence in the world, and there is only one God. For even if there are so-called gods, either in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are gods and lords galore, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things come and for whom we exist. The one Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, through whom we were created all things and through whom we have our being. But not everyone has this knowledge. Moreover, some people are still so accustomed to idols that, they, that when they eat food, which has been sacrificed to them, they think of it as really affected by the idol. And their consciences, being weak, are thus defiled. Now, food will not improve our relationship with God. We will be neither poorer if we abstain nor richer if we eat. 
However, watch out that your mastery of the situation does not become a stumbling block to the weak. Who? You have this knowledge, but suppose someone with a weak conscience sees you sitting, eating a meal in the temple of an idol. Won't he be built up wrongly to eat this food which has been sacrificed to idols? Thus, by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, this brother for whom the Messiah died. And so, when you sin against the brothers by wounding their conscience when it is weak, you are sinning against the Messiah. To sum up, if food will be a snare for my brother, I will never eat meat again, lest I cause my brother to sin. Am I not a free man? Am I not an emissary of the Messiah? Haven't I seen Yeshua, our Lord? And aren't you yourselves the result of my work for the Lord? Even if to others I am not an emissary, at least I am to you. For you are living proof that I am the Lord's emissary. That is my defense when people put me under examination. Excuse me. Don't we have the right to be given food and drink? Don't we have the right to take along with us a believing wife, as do the other emissaries, also the Lord's brothers and Kepha? Or are Barnabas and I the only ones required to go on working for our living? Did you ever hear of a soldier paying his own expenses? Or of a farmer planting a vineyard without eating its grapes? Who shepherds a flock without drinking some of the milk? What am I what, am, what I am saying is not based merely on human authority because the Torah says the same thing. For in the Torah of Moses, it is written, you are not to put a muzzle on an ox when, it is treading out of, when it's treading out the grain. If God is concerned about cattle, all the more does he say this for our sakes. Yes, it was written for us, meaning that he who plows and he who threshes, threshes should work expecting to get a share of the crop. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others are sharing in this right to be supported by you, don't we have a greater claim to it? But we don't make use of this right. Rather, we put up with all kinds of things so as to not impede in any way the good news about the Messiah. Don't you know that those who work in the temple get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrifices offered there? In the same way, the Lord directed that those who proclaim the good news should get their living from the good news. But I have not made use of these rights, nor am I writing now to secure them for myself. For I would rather die than be deprived of my ground for boasting. For I can't boast merely because I proclaim the good news. This I do from inner compulsion. What was me if I don't proclaim the good news? For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if I do it unwillingly, I still do it simply because I have been entrusted with the job. So then, what is my reward? Just this, that in proclaiming the good news, I can make it available free of charge without making use of the rights to it, which it entitles me. For although I am a free man, not bound to do anyone's bidding, I have made myself a slave to all in order to win as many people as possible. That is with Jews, what I did was put myself in the position of a Jew in order to win the Jews. With people in subjection to a legalistic perversion of the Torah, I put myself in the position of someone under such legalism in order to win those under this legalism, even though I myself am not even in subjection to this, legal, this legalistic perversion of the Torah. 
With those who live outside the framework of the Torah, I put myself in the position of someone outside the Torah in order to win those outside the Torah, although I myself am not outside the framework of God's Torah, but within the framework of the Torah as upheld by the Messiah. With the weak, I became weak in order to win the weak. With all kinds of people, I've become all kinds of things so that in all kinds of circumstances, I might save at least some of them. But I do it all because of the rewards promised by the good news so that I may share in them along with the others who come to trust. Don't you know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one wins the prize? So then run to win. Now every athlete in training submits himself to strict discipline. And he does it just to win a laurel wreath that will soon wither away. But we do it to win a crown that will last forever. Accordingly, I don't run aimlessly, but straight for the finish line. I don't shadow box, but try to make every punch count. I treat my body hard and make it my slave, so that after proclaiming the good news to others, I myself will not be disqualified. It's a lot. And it's scripture. It's there. Has some stuff to it. I want to take a look at a lot of these different words in this idea of this highway of holiness that we're all on if we're running after the Lord, right? And the stumbling blocks that are in the way that in future weeks we'll get to talking about what are some of the stumbling blocks and how do we get rid of them and how do we help others remove their stumbling blocks. We'll get to that. I want to break down some of this and get to the the gist of what I really want to say, that's going to take us into the discussion of stumbling blocks in future weeks. Okay? That's the plan. Just wanted to go through the context. Cool? Thank you for responding, guys. I appreciate that. All right. So when we look at this verse, um, Let me pull it up. Can you put up the um, Isaiah 14 um, or Isaiah 57, 14 for me? Just so we have the reference there because I, I shouldn't be bouncing off to another million scriptures again. <laughs> okay. Then he'll say, keep building, keep building, clear the way, remove everything blocking my people's path. So when we take these words and we're looking into the Hebrew side of it, the Hebrew meaning, the Hebrew context, it equivalates to heap it up, Heap it up, prepare the way, take the stumbling block out of the way of my people. Okay? So I want to go through a couple pieces and um, get the fullness of what even those words are saying. Okay? So let's look at keep building, keep building. The idea of building. Some other words that are used within that um, Hebrew word salal 
is to mound, to exalt, or to oppose. Which, in a sense, is really bringing to the attention of a main surface. So let's say here's the surface of my attention, okay? When I put something here and your eyes are locked on it, well, now more things are being built onto the surface of your attention, okay? So we're building. Prepare the way. Clear the way. We're looking at the Hebrew word panah. To turn, to face, appear, look, which fascinates me that it's all these different words having the same context. So now we're saying to turn, to face, to appear, to look, to put into the direction of, into the acknowledgement of. To clean or make ready. To prepare. To give attention to. The way. Let's look at the way. Hebrew word, dirak, at the road, course of life, mode of action, which in its other scriptures with that particular Hebrew word are using journey, path, way, manner. Different scriptures, different translations are coming into that context, okay? Path, way. That one we kind of knew. I'll, I'll give it to you. Take up. Remove this idea here. Is the Hebrew word room to rise, to raise, lift it up, sworn, rose, moving upward, elevate, to project upward, an upward motion. Stumbling block, right? Everything blocking, every obstacle. Hebrew word mikshol. Stumbling block, trip, trouble, an offense, an illegal act, ruins, fall, the occasion of stumbling. Out of the way, which isn't necessarily in this particular translation, but it's coming from that initial Dirac word, the way. This is actually min dirac, out of the way, road, distance, journey, manner, and of course, my people. Ami, of my people, which I don't know if you guys picked up this, but it means people. So taking all of this context... What it's saying again, I, I know I've said this exact same verse in like 50 million different translations already, but now after looking at it, it's saying you have cleared the way from his face and you have plowed up the dirt from the path of my people 
The next verse would typically say, Thus says the Most High who dwells forever, Holy among the holy is his name, exalted among the holy resting, and long-suffering to the weak, and life to the brokenhearted. So a couple of thoughts off of this scripture before I kind of go into this direction I want to go, that I've been just keeping you at the edge of your seat. One, what are the ways in which you can prepare the way for God in your life? What are ways you can prepare the way of your pursuit of him? My next question doesn't make sense because I typed it wrong. So I'm not going to go there. I don't want to try to decipher that right now. Maybe in future weeks. But okay, so that's generally that. I want to keep this scripture up here. Because the context of what I want to bring now, we're looking at this highway of holiness. And there's things in the way. And I'm sure you guys are thinking of life scenarios in your own paths. On your highway of holiness, in your lane, there's things in your way. You feel stuck sometimes. You feel caught up at times. It's unfair. Completely validated. I get it. I've been there. And I'm probably going to be there again, not going to lie. I'm human. You're human. But how are we going to start responding differently? And that's the key, I feel, that the Lord wants us to begin to change. We're changing our response to when we hit the obstacles so that we can actually take action and removing the obstacles from our path to get closer to the Lord, to get closer to His people, and to release people also from their obstacles so they can be full speed ahead on their highways of holiness to the Lord. Okay? I want for a moment to consider the idea of this one word as we're now looking toward stumbling blocks, the obstacles. And practically speaking, we all know this word, and depending on what circles of church you've come from, you've probably heard it a lot and you don't want to think about the word. And some others, Probably that church didn't talk about it enough. But I want to look at the word idol. I actually looked it up today. And an idol is an image of a god used as an object of worship. Or an object of excessive devotion or Admiration. One of the things that our church is really good about, even if it takes time for us, I mean, we got almost 40 years history of changing our definitions to certain words because we realized a certain definition to a word has actually become an obstacle on our highway of holiness. 
and we had to reevaluate what the true definition was opposed to what we've been taught the definition was, that we just said, sounds right, we'll go with it. We've been really good about that and changing that and admitting we weren't great when we did that. But now we're over here and we repent for that. We're walking away from that. We're not really encouraging others to go in that direction, but if that's their choice, we're, if they allow us, we'll walk with them. But we, we don't encourage that anymore. So this idea of idols. What I want to hit are those things that we've been taught from Christians of biblical ideas that have actually gotten us further. I'm not touching it. Is it? to do. Is it better if I put it in this pocket? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. What was I saying? Idols. Idols. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I... I, I uh, I want to look at different things as, as we move forward of, um, yeah, these ideas that, that when we look at others, when we look at the pain that church has had on people because of these certain definitions that we say, this is what truth is, this is it. It's the only context there without listening to Holy Spirit. And like I said earlier, Holy Spirit taking that and actually repositioning even just slightly that facet, which we allow the Holy Spirit to do here. Tell us where we're wrong. I'm wrong if I sit in this one place and saying, that's it. I heard this, this um, quote recently of like, religion makes you still and grounded in one spot, but faith makes you move. So I'm constantly looking at the Lord, but faith makes me move, continuing to get that position to see him rightly. Okay? So that's the context I'm coming from of religions telling us this one thing, this is the only thing right here. But faith in the Lord and real relationship gives me a bigger perspective of that full truth. Okay? So this idea of idols has been really wrecking me because, one, there's obvious things that, you know, the world has made idols. You know, we can look at even just the scriptures about eating and drinking and, and, and the value that we put on those things has become an idol, especially in our society here in the Western world. There's so many things that we're elevating above how we're looking at Christ. 
There's things we're leaning on that's not leaning on Christ to get us out of situations uh, and so on and so forth. You know, they're, they're obvious things, the things that we label, that's, well, that's sin, that's this, that's that, you know. It's not false. But there's also things that are idols within the Christian faith that we wouldn't dare think are idols, that comes back to this restrictive thing of it's only this way. And sometimes we're elevating the value of that teaching. We're elevating the value of um, that thought of that truth above the Lordship of Christ. That creates an obstacle in your highway of holiness. Just as much as Excessive sleeping, excessive drinking, excessive eating, laziness, um, whatever, you name it. As much as those physical things, so are the intellectual things blocking your path and your faith and your theology and your relationship with the Lord. And when we're looking at clearing the way and removing everything blocking my people's path, I want to look at idols and I want us to begin the process of reevaluating our belief systems and seeing where the idols are. Because it's all over worldwide Christianity in different respects. And it's, it's in this house too sometimes. And we have to identify it. So I'm beckoning us to stop and think, what's holding us back? What's holding me back? I know the things that have held me back in the last five years. And I can honestly say, at this moment, at 11.35 in the morning on Sunday, January 21st, 2024, I am the freest I have ever been in my life right now. I'm experiencing it. But because I had to go through some hard work with the Holy Spirit, when he asked me to, I had to say yes. When it was a lot easier to stay stuck in the mud and in the mire of what I thought was true. I've went through too much in my 29 and a half years of life, which sounds short, but we can't measure experiences off of each other. But I have walked through enough with the Lord to make sure I didn't tell him no. Because the experience I'm having in my life, in how I love myself, in how I love my spouse, in how I love my job, in how I love you guys, has just elevated because I had to take some heart work and figure out what's holding me back here. Because we are often our biggest problem. 
Now, I know I'm saying a lot, oh, well, we've been taught this by so-and-so, and I'm not sitting here trying to blame society because at some point we need to do our due diligence to check in with ourselves and say, what is it that I truly believe and ask Holy Spirit, tell me more. And honestly, sometimes we're not doing it, which is why I felt stuck for years. Yes, I was going through crisis after crisis, going into bad decision because of the crisis. And I was going through a bunch of darkness. Yeah, sure. My feelings and my emotions were completely validated and I did have to be patient with myself, but I also had to be completely honest with myself because I was the one who chose what I would do, say, and think every moment of my life. And I would elevate, and this is not to downplay mental health, but I would elevate my depressive days over checking in with Holy Spirit. I didn't even want to talk with Holy Spirit. I would rather just sit in the muck and close off people from my life rather than just, I'm alone in the car. Holy Spirit, can you please say something to me? I wouldn't even do that simple thing. That's on me. That's not on my husband. That's not on anybody who may have offended me that day, someone I disagreed with. It doesn't matter how much sleep I didn't get. No, I didn't deal with my relationship with the Lord because he knew the depths of what was going on and I refused to check in with him to see what was really going on. So I let some certain areas and things happening in my life become my idol because they suddenly became bigger than God to me. When I knew that was not true, I allowed that to happen. That's simple personal responsibility as a, an image bearer of Christ. And as believers, 2024 moving forward, we need to do better. Because we all know every single one of us in this room who identifies as a believer and as a Christian, we have people in our lives saying, I don't like Christians because of X, Y, and Z. Well, they wonder why. Because God is not their God. And I'm saying that as someone who just recently, as much as I glorify God, God wasn't really my God. He wasn't the one I was giving attention to. He wasn't the one I was giving my affection and adoration to. He wasn't the one that I would check in about. I had to make a switch. Did I still identify as an image bearer? Absolutely. Did I still love the Lord? Yeah. But I went through a season where I didn't want to admit that that's not what I was doing. And I had to be honest with what the idols in my life were that were distracting me. I had to be honest with myself about the idols that were blocking my way. The idols aren't moving. I put them there. You can sit right there. We'll just hang out. But at the same time saying, I just can't get past this. I just can't get past it. Why can't I get past it? while at the same time engaging with the idol and the obstacle the entire time. 
talk about spirit is stupid. <laughs> right? But we all do it. That's why you laugh. I, what if I just put my hand on my hip the entire rest of the message? So, this message is really just an introductory to the direction we're going to be going. Because I want us to be real. A lot of people see a, a lot, and this was echoes of what we were talking about in the leadership retreat, but, and we, uh, last week we were talking about it a lot. We know in this community we experience authenticity, the real deal, um, being brutally honest, but with love, with patience, with kindness, with goodness. We experience all of this. If we can do it together, why can't we do it with ourselves? Okay? I want us to go deeper than the surface that as individuals, we're owing, only allowing Holy Spirit to reach certain areas. We got to stop that. He's done everything to ensure we deserve more. Because he's worthy of us going deeper. He is worthy. He is our why. He is our reason. So that being said, I want us for a moment, close your eyes or whatever you would do to stop and consider. What are the idols in your life? Even theological thoughts. Ask Holy Spirit. Don't just try to think about it yourself. Sorry, I don't want to be one of those pastors. Think. I, yes, think, but ask Holy Spirit because often our minds can only go so far. Holy Spirit knows the rest. So ask Holy Spirit, what are a few idols in my life? Just take that moment right now. Ask him to put a face or an image to those things. What? are the idols in my way. <sighs> you guys got a good idea? At least just a few. Now I want you in your mind's eye, to stand on your highway of holiness and look at that idol, look at that obstacle and tell it, be idle, my idol. I-D-L-E. B-I-D-L-E, my I-D-O-L. Pronounced the exact same way, but they're two different things, okay? Idle, I-D-L-E, means worthless, futile, unfounded, 
unemployed, not in use. To move slowly or aimlessly, to be unemployed or inactive, to operate without transmitting any power, especially with disengaged gears, to waste, to squander, to cause, to idle, to make inactive or unemployed. There's a song that's met me. I've heard it a dozen times before this whole process, the Lord's walking me through and stuff and walking us through. But it hit just as hard as reading through scripture and coming across this verse. And it is on replay in my car. So, um... I don't know. Is Rodney up there? Did you get the email I sent? No. All good. No pressure. One minute. I, there's a song I want us to take a moment to listen to. And I want us to be personalizing this song as we're looking at the idol in our path. Because you're telling it something. You're telling it, be idle, my idol. The song is literally called Idol, Idol. You're good? Okay. So I want us to take a moment, get comfortable in your chair, but put your mind in that place of you're on the path and you're looking at the stumbling block. What I want us to do today as an activation is to disengage the relationship with that idol so that we can begin the process of actually removing it in our lives. We do the same thing in Sozo. We do the same thing in, in, in those kind of things. So I, I want us to take the activation today to disengage the relationship. First, you have to identify the idol and then begin the process of disengaging. And if we have a relationship with the idol, then you're breaking up with it. You with me? All right. So Rodney, when you're ready. Search me and know me, resurrect me from within. 
conversations. He's calling me into the idol, my idols. There's no holes in your hands. You didn't die for my sins. You're not my promised land. Is this for kingdom or for country? Be idle, my idols. You're keeping me from truth. Because there's eternal conversations that he's calling me into. Be idle, my idols. There's no holes in your hands. You didn't die for my sins. And you're not my promised land. If you're experiencing those obstacles and stumbling blocks in your path, that's not where it ends. You have the authority in Christ, with Christ, for Christ, to Christ, to remove it. You are fully equipped to do the things necessary to remove those things from your path. 
There will be more to come. That's just going to happen. But he has made the way. Don't be stuck. If you feel you can't do it on your own, there are so many people in this community who want to walk that out with you. Just as much as the script, some of the scriptures we read earlier, no matter what your history, no matter where you are in your belief system, Paul was a Jew to the Jews. He was legalistic with the legalistic. He was able to be who they needed to be without him having to change the core of who he was in Christ. And we would do the exact same. So do not measure when you look at others in the church and say, well, I don't want to pull, I don't want to hold them back. I don't want to, no. Ask us for help and we'll walk it through with you. We will help equip you if you don't feel equipped. And we're going to show you just how equipped you really are. So, Father God, we just thank you for your truth of what you accomplished as you handed over your blood for the freedom and power and empowerment for your people that we have gotten to say yes to. And if we've not yet said yes, we thank you for what you've done. You've made an eternal invitation for us to bring that yes. As you teach us to learn from you and how to walk out this path, the straight and narrow, It really is straight and narrow, guys. But don't let the distaste from past experiences make you think that's a bad thing. The straight and narrow is a beautiful thing. So thank you, Lord, for helping us to see the power that idols have in our lives, for us to be raw and honest and real, take us deeper to call it out, to disengage, and to teach us how to remove those obstacles from our path as individuals, in our families, in our church communities. We thank you for what's going to be unleashed this year so that stepping into the next season will be even greater than any season before. We love you, Lord. You are so worthy of this intensity. You are so worthy of the convictions you bring us. You are so worthy of the things that we need to wake up to, to step into personal responsibility as what we call ourselves, as sons and daughters. You are maturing us. You are so worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. I will do anything you need me to do. Simply because you're worthy. 
for any other reason, I couldn't say yes. But for you, you are my reason, Lord. You are our reason that we give our yes. We love you, Lord. Bless every person here, every person listening, every person who's going to listen. Open the hearts, open the ears, open the eyes, open the mind for you to do your work, Lord. It's your battle, but you teach us how to do what you do. We're truly going to be image bearers. We want to know exactly how you do it. All praise and glory and honor to you, Jesus, our King.